0: This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Gail Rose and Ahanu.
1: Everybody, welcome to the show today. It's a very October day in San Diego, California. Hano, I cannot report sunshine, I can report fog and cloudiness and chilliness, and this is highly unusual for what I normally report. But what a show we have today! We have a special, special guest uh, who originates in Ireland and just happens to be living in salem massachusetts as we speak ahano and talk about a bewitching place to live i don't know if you know about salem do you
2: i don't know a lot about it because i've never been there but certainly this weather reminds me of ireland you mentioned ireland this kind of damp autumn weather and it, it feels chilly it has that feeling of kind of dampness in the air And it is, of course, immensely coincidental that we're speaking to somebody today who was born in Ireland and who, like myself, is living in the United States, although she has been in the U.S. a lot longer than us. But this big subject of breast cancer is what we're going to be speaking about today. And it is indeed a big subject because the statistics for breast cancer are really, really huge and pervasive all over the world through all cultures and so on and our special guest and friend who we met in ireland some years ago heather wolf will be speaking to us about her new book uh, which is available on com, about breast cancer and the diagnosis of breast cancer and how she managed to actually overcome it and her entire powerful journey to wellness and heather was born in ireland and she trained there as a nurse before moving to the usa And as Angel Rose mentioned, she lives in that bewitching place in Massachusetts where she has a private practice in whole body coaching. And she has based her years of practicing teaching polarity therapy and other holistic modalities. Indeed, she has such a range of modalities to her bow that it's quite extensive, actually. We get her to talk about that today. But she did experience a diagnosis of breast cancer. I think it was about six years ago. And after some surgery, she refused the chemotherapy and radiation and formed her own healing path to wellness. And then, of course, that arose with her book, A Guide to Breast Cancer, a whole body A to Z conventional and alternative. So we're really, really looking forward to that. But before we get to talk to her, of course, Angel Rose has some really nice announcements to make.
1: Now, Hanno, you didn't get let me finish talking about Salem, Massachusetts. Salem, Massachusetts has a history of being the place where many witches were hung many, many years ago, where they were accused of witchcraft, these women, and most were innocent. And, but there was this big witch hunt going on. So now Salem is a mecca for tourists, tourists who go to that area, who look, go to the places where the trials were, where the witches were hung. Uh, there's many, many metaphysical books. Stores there and all sorts of um, eerie places to visit. And I myself have been there twice in my life. It is quite fascinating. The whole area is fascinating. So I want to ask Heather when we have her on, why, of all places, did she end up in Salem?
2: Of Salem, too. And that whole witchy thing. Isn't this the time of the year for all yes. that witchiness? And we have our beautiful granddaughter with us this weekend, and all she wants to do is to go prowling and howling around the place. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yes. At that time of year.
1: All right. So, let's get to our announcements, Ahano. We have our Sunday uh, Akashic Record group meeting tomorrow, starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And the subject tomorrow will be uh, Twin Flames and Soulmates. And we're picking this topic specifically not only because uh, many people are being introduced to their twins in this time period, but it actually has much wider implications in terms of the true balance of male and female energy and the intermarriage that we are really being asked to do in this time period. So, but as usual, we're going to be bringing questions about Twin Flames, and Soulmates directly to source through the Akashic Records. And as we have found in all these other groups, the answers are never what we expect. So we look forward to that tomorrow at 10. And if anybody wants to sign up for that, they can go to theworldofempowerment.com. That's theworldofempowerment.com and find uh, the link to be able to register for that.
2: I'm really looking forward to this tomorrow. Because, well, for a whole bunch of reasons, of course, everybody who listens to us will know that we are the twin flames, of course. But also, uh, just a tiny little correction, that address to go to is World of Empowerment, World of Empowerment, not the World of Empowerment, worldofempowerment.com. There seems to be something wrong with my microphone and Gay Rose. I'm not sure if people are actually hearing me, so... Will you go back and just...
1: Yeah, asking me to apologize in case you can't hear him. Uh, He seems to be having trouble with his mic at the moment and is uh, working towards fixing that. So I'll continue the announcements. Um, He corrected me and said it is worldofempowerment.com, not theworldofempowerment.com. So if you're interested in tomorrow's group, uh, go ahead and register there. And we'll look forward to your questions on this topic. Everybody who registers uh, does give us questions on the topic. The second big piece of news is that Ahanu is furiously working away at his own first book entitled The Reincarnation of Columbus. And this is kind of his own personal journey about the loss of his firstborn child from uh, SIDS or crib death at four months old and how he as a man coped with the loss, and how he ended up on a spiritual journey as a result of it. So his book is riveting, very emotional, very factual, uh step by step. So it's not for the faint-hearted, but you'll certainly be led to calmer waters once you get to the end. That'll be coming out, we hope, fairly soon. Uh, of course, you know, when you're writing a book, anybody who's written a book knows that By the time you put the content in and you go over and you read it again and you add and subtract, it all takes a while to actually get finished. But anyway, we're looking forward to that. And I am furiously writing away on my second book as well in this Honest to God series entitled The Nature of Reality. That will be out next April 2014. Both books can be pre-registered or pre-ordered, excuse me, Ahano's book, you can get it by going to the reincarnationofcolumbus.com. And my book, you can find it at thenatureofreality.com.
2: All right, let me see if I have got my microphone fixed here. And I'm not sure actually if people did hear us, hear me particularly at the beginning of the show. I hope so. But it looks like I'm getting flashing lights on here now, and I'm getting yeah. green going to orange and red. So it looks like I am on the air.
1: You're on the handle.
2: Okay. Now is the time for us to bring forward our very special guest, Heather Wolfe, and talk about breast cancer and her book, A Guide to Breast Cancer, A Whole Body A to Z for Prevention and Healing, A Conventional and Alternative Approach, which is available, of course, on her website at backtosource.com and amazon.com.
1: Heather, are you there? I am here, and I'm
3: laughing away at you two having a great time. Oh, <laughs> well, good I
1: morning. Say,
3: good morning. Yes, from sunny Salem. Oh, uh, you had it's to put lovely. that in there. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm so grateful for sunshine whenever it's there. <laughs> it's a little chilly, but Salem is definitely buzzing. Um these days, we get 100,000 extra people into the city wow. for October.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. So, yes. Yes. So I am it's curious. You, you might have heard me mention, before we get into your journey, I am curious how you ended up from Ireland to Salem.
3: Oh, my goodness. Well, I'll just tell you quickly. I came in 1975, and I moved to Vermont. Montpelier, Vermont, for two years, which was a nice transition from Ireland because it's very beautiful and it runs on tourism and agriculture a lot, just like Ireland. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I moved to Chattanooga with my husband then uh, for two years. My son was born then. And then we came back up to New England. We decided that we would rather have cold winters than hot summers that you couldn't go out in. <laughs> so I have lived around New England. Um, and the last place, I actually was diagnosed with breast cancer when I lived in Gloucester, in Lanesville, actually, which is kind of the tip of the peninsula on Cape Ann. And um, I went back to Ireland then for three and a half years and wrote my book and uh, connected with family and my mom and all that. And I had a community in Salem. I I used to do sound concerts with um, my then-partner, John, and we had a wonderful time and met a lot of people and just connected in with a group of healers in Salem, and I, when I came back from Ireland, I didn't want to go back to Gloucester. I wanted to be kind of a bit nearer civilization. And so I've landed here, and I didn't think I was going to stay, but I, I like it more and more.
2: And tell us, Heather, about the whole witching business around Salem. What's that like, and is, is it still going on to this day, or is it only a tourist issue?
3: Oh no. It it goes on all the time, really. There's quite a lot of uh, very nice history here, very cultural, really. And we have a very good witch museum, which uh, does a narrative thing with figures, not real-life figures, but, you know, made out of cardboard or whatever and dressed up to tell the whole story. And there are various stories, a lot of... Psychic readings, card readings, and, um, oh, angel stuff. And then there's the ghoulish, eerie stuff. You can always find that somewhere. You know, somebody, some ghost jumping out on you and making weird sounds. (laughs) But that, that all amps up at Halloween for the month of October. That's what, that's what people come for. And, you see people dressed up every day on the streets, but on October the thirty first it everybody will be dressed up almost and the streets are thronged with all sorts of
1: creatures and <laughs> it's sounds fun, fun Heather.
3: <laughs> yes. I I actually said I was I spent last year in Ireland again. I went back um, I came back in March, but I was here October two years ago, and I said, I am never going to be here for this again.
1: <laughs>
3: there you the are. The traffic is terrible.
1: But <laughs> here I am, and are.
3: I'm enjoying it a lot. And um, a lot of it has to do with the weather, I must say, for me. It has been a glorious fall. Um Better than I've ever experienced or I think almost everybody would say the same. It's just gorgeous. It's been warm and sunny and only the last few days we have some chill in the air. The winter clothes are out.
2: And you are in an area that is, has lots of forestry around there. So do you get that beautiful fall colors with, with the trees and so on because we've had reports from some people living on the East Coast that they discovered this year and last year for the first time ever there seems to be just a very very quick transition between the, the green color of the summer and then a sudden brown of of the, the autumn. H- have you seen that beautiful colorful transition or no? Oh
3: yes and it's not just brown, it, it's Oranges and yellows and golds, and it's glorious. And uh, it was late this year because we had a hot summer or good summer. or I'm not sure why, but it's definitely... If I look out my window here, I live on the third floor, and I look out at the treetops, and the tree outside is totally bare. But uh, beyond that, there are still leaves. I see green still. Um, they're still turning here, but you know, if you went to Western Massachusetts, I'm not sure how it is, but it might be pretty finished. Um, right. So it's right. it's different in different places. There are more trees yeah. some places, but we definitely have it here. You know, it's gorgeous. I have a park a mile down the road from me that I go to, and it's by the ocean, and the trees are just magnificent maple and beech mostly and one oak uh, but they're so alive and at any time of the year they're gorgeous
1: we do yeah. have a so, tiny bit of color here just a tiny bit but mostly things are still very green and um but i do miss i warm. do miss fall back on the east coast that's for sure because i was raised in upstate new york and my sister lives mm. in the Berkshire Mountains in Massachusetts, and she sends photographs, Nuts. and it's gorgeous up there. And I I do love that whole New England area. In fact, I spent time going through uh Walden Pond and, you know, Henry David Thoreau and the cemeteries up there, and I felt a real kinship to that time period. So, But we won't go on too much more, so we'll be able to get into your journey, which is why you're here today. So, if you could uh, begin, Heather, by talking to our listeners about your journey. Just you pick it up where you want to start with this, and and we'll go along with you.
3: Okay. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you inviting me. Um. So, you know, this is such a big subject answer, and... It is pandemic. Breast cancer is pandemic. Um, so I feel passionate about prevention part of it. And there are many aspects to it and cancer in general. But anyway, I, I started training as a nurse on my 20th birthday in Ireland. And I'm now getting my social security. So that's been a while. And I have been um, in traditional nursing, but I've been in alternative health and had my own private practice and started healing centers, 12 of them to be precise. <laughs> I've been connected in um, to a lot of different healing centers. Uh, and I've worked with a doctor and chiropractor and, you know, I, I like to, I think we need both Conventional and alternative for a lot of the time. So I, I never expected to get cancer, of course. So it, it has been in my family. Um, my grandfather died, but then, and my mother actually died of cancer last year at the age 91 though, and she had a good life. Um, and my aunt has experienced it. So, but I did not think of myself as having it because, uh, you know, I, I lived, uh, I was into health in general and so I I did have clients coming to me who had breast cancer and there was a time when I had a few and they died. And I was curious. I, I actually could see why they weren't healing, mostly. Um, but I, I wondered, you know, what is this all about? And I think, on some level of my being, because most of our being is unconscious, I really wanted, I, I wanted to experience it so that I would really know what it was about. And I, I know more than I did then. I certainly don't know everything, um, because there's always more to learn. But anyway, I did, I had a mammogram and I, I used to have mammograms pretty regularly. And then I had one that was painful. I, it wasn't a pleasant experience and I, I didn't go back in a hurry. Uh, so when I did go back, I, I think it was two years, maybe two and a half, um, I went back and they recalled me and said there was suspicious calcification. So I went back. Uh, it was almost solstice of 2006. And I was due to go to Ireland for three weeks for Christmas. So they did tell me. That it was very suspicious looking, and I needed a biopsy, so they said, "Well, go to Ireland for your three weeks, and you know we'll see when you come back. So I went to Ireland and I got thermography just before I left and i I had some healing as well by uh, there's some great people there and I went to somebody, I've actually trained in polarity therapy, and I know she's really good, and I spent two hours with her, and then I went for my thermography, and I thermography, in case people don't know, is a very uh, non-invasive way of checking your whole body, actually, but it's quite well known for breasts, for examining breasts, and you can pick up cancer Like even 10 years beforehand and it's, it's heat. It's photography and heat generally. That's my explanation of it. But, uh, so I went to this center and there was a man there who's one of the top people in the world. And I, he said, certainly there's nothing that I don't see anything. You certainly don't need a, Biopsy and it's totally clear. Now I hadn't been told um, that really you have to do some careful preparation for tomography. You should not have body work. Now I didn't have body work. I had energy work, but um, this person really cleared a lot from my energy field so that you couldn't see if there was any lump in there or any cancer. And so I came back and I still came back to where I was living and to a long winter, which does not suit me. And I, in the back of my mind, I was still a bit nervous. I was kind of going against conventional medicine and I was taking their thermography, you know, just as it was gospel, And I had uh, something called a QXCI, quantum zeroid consciousness interface, uh, computer-generated healing, which I had about six years or something, and I used it very successfully, but I used it on myself. And I saw that it said that I needed tamoxifen to prevent breast cancer occurrence. Well, I just took the, I interpret things how I interpret them. So, I just got a bit, it was a little bit of a warning to me to investigate more. Um, so, my friend, Deborah, was nervous too and she said, why don't you go and have the biopsy? So, I went and had the biopsy and it came up positive were Easterton positive. And I had a little lump. By that time, I could feel the little lump, pea-sized.
2: And was it painful at that Um, stage, Heather?
3: Sorry, I didn't hear that, Anna.
2: I say, was it painful at that early stage?
3: No, not at all. It was never painful. I, I mean, surgery was painful. So I elected to... I had stage two, and they did the biopsy, then they said, and they found a couple of cancer cells in my sentinel node, which is like your a sentinel means my guardian cell under my arm in the axillary nodes. And they uh, said that they needed to go in there and see if I had any more. So they said I had a 14% chance statistically statistically, of there being more and of it spreading around my body. So I I wasn't sure about that because I had... uh, By the way, I have used medical clairvoyance for many years where somebody can see into the body, has that gift of, their sight, looking into the body yes. and seeing what's there or getting messages, getting guidance from other realms to say what's going on. And right. I, I have found that so incredibly useful.
2: Let me, let me just ask um, you about that for a second, Heather, um, not by way of, of a distraction, but you are obviously one who has traversed, let's say you've crossed the, 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 the whole mainstream of um, of conventional medicine across into alternative and you know I'm really keen to explore that whole area of how somebody does that because my opinion is that the conventional medicine training in in both doctors and nurses is is to debunk the, the whole alternative idea that it's not possible to heal without drugs but you've you've actually moved into this Area and you've you've set up healing clinics as you said twelve of them and you've been involved in that whole alternative and complementary healing for years. So did 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 your experience help you or you know convince you more that there was more to um, complementary medicine? You know you did mention that there's a place for both and I understand there's a place for both and indeed you mentioned about using computers by way of diagnosis so I understand the necessity for both but what I'm trying to get at is did you feel that your your exposure to the uh, complementary side of things and the alternative side of things did you feel that that helped you or were you totally dependent on one belief or the other
3: No I have a lot of different beliefs, and I'm always exploring uh, new ones. Like letting go, I, I try to keep space for the new to come in. So, I, first of all, I'd say I, I am a licensed RN or an RGN in Ireland, and I have great respect for the medical profession. You know, there are marvelous, marvelous people. I had a wonderful experience with my both, well, I'd say my second surgery anyway, where I had the nodes removed. I mean, I was surrounded with love and kindness and skill. And, but then when I was offered, uh, oncology, I met with all the oncologists and all that. I, I, I had no doubt that I wasn't going to do that. My body told me I wasn't going to do it. And I also, nobody offered me nutrition and, and I'm very much into nutrition. Yes. And I found a very good nutritionist who tested me for all my supplements and what I needed and didn't need, uh, right away. And I also, I asked to see the nutritionist in the hospital where I went and I was sent to a lovely woman at my own age and she'd been doing was a dietitian, and she helped me in a certain way, but she really knew nothing about a cancer diet or an anti-cancer diet, and she admitted
1: that.
2: Right. So they didn't um, offer that to you then, as part of the treatment, no? No. No.
1: Hospitals
3: wouldn't. really so she did have me write down what I ate for five days, and was able to show me that I was actually getting enough nutrition from her perspective, enough carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And I am pretty vegetarian. Not totally, totally, totally. Um, I have been periods of my life and I've gone back. And um, now I'm probably more so, but I still, you know, will eat a little meat or fish if I feel like it, I'm not fanatical about it, and mm-hmm. um, so, but but nutrition is such a big lack in conventional medicine. Now, no I will definitely say that more and more doctors, nurses, and um, people in conventional medicine are being open to alternative. I mean, you can get Reiki, reflexology, acupuncture now. Uh, in hospitals sometimes and covered by insurance.
2: Yes, I understand that. To... Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. yeah. so it is being embraced and I firmly believe that it is going to be more so and I, and I hope I'm going to have a part in that. Um but you know the big um obstacle is money. Is uh hmm, I'm going to be very.
2: Go for it, Heather.
3: I'll go for it. Okay. In in a lot of my research, and I, in my healing too, I like the, to look for the cause. Conventional medicine tends to go for the symptoms and treat those, and you know they do that very well. So I, mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I mm-hmm. you know, my mother lived to be ninety-one. She did alternative and she took her pills every day. And, you know, so we have choice. The bottom line is we all have choice about the path that we take. And I don't think there's a right or a wrong. There's a different way of learning. And But I look at everything from a vibrational point of view. And I look at everything from the point of view of the earth and how... We, how everything that we have comes from the earth. If you just think about that. And we don't treat her very well. So if you think about the number of pills that we take as a humanity as a whole that go down the toilet, go into the earth, they have to recycle somehow. Mm-hmm. And then we eat them back. We eat them through animals, through the milk, through, you know, we ingest. It, it's not a healthy scene. No. Now, everything in moderation. But it is uh, ruled by some greed and money. And there are things hidden from people that needn't be hidden. And I'll tell you, yesterday I, I went to the doctor I needed to get a note for something and I asked her about having I, – I have a, a physical, you know, and I get my blood tested and it can be useful yes. as well as other means. Uh, so I said, can I – I'd like to have my vitamin D checked. Is that in there? She said, i do a whole panel. And I said, does that include vitamin D? And she said, no. They've taken that off. And I said, who took it off? Well, she told me who took it off. And I am going to follow up on that organization (laughs) and see why they took it off. Yes. Oh, (laughs) I say we change the world one complaint
2: at a uh, time. time. Yes, absolutely. Yes. You have
3: to have time to do it.
2: Right. Let so, me...
3: I actually did try calling yesterday but I didn't get to the right person it was 4 o'clock on a Friday afternoon not the best time to call right. but I will do it because this is a local thing um, vitamin D is so important it's not a vitamin it's a hormone actually and if you live in the northern hemisphere or if you work inside a lot or if you don't Get enough sunlight. You lack vitamin D and it is so important for our immune system. They've done studies on breast cancer in particular around vitamin D and it's even well known in conventional medicine now how important vitamin D is. Yes. And yeah, there, so I ask myself, you know, if we don't take vitamin D and we get, if we get sick, there are people who benefit, you know, who make
0: money.
2: Absolutely. Yes.
3: And yes, so I'm very aware of that. And nothing is all bad. There are many wonderful people working in research for new medications and there are many medications that have saved lives. And people many people are alive because of chemotherapy, radiation and lots of other, uh, medications. But you know, there are just let me go back to the vitamin D thing. So I question, did somebody stop, uh, take that off the panel because they want people to get more cancer so they can sell more drugs? I mean, that's the worst okay. it could be. Or
1: do they just? We certainly do see a lot of that, Heather. There's there's a whole big plan for that. Is is you know worldwide?
3: Yes, and you know we. I, I'm not into blaming anybody because there's no point in blaming. It only makes us a victim. You can be blaming all these people for this, but. And then not doing anything about it yourself. If you're still taking all their medications, well, you're part of it. That's right. But yes. if you're more conscious, and this is why I wrote the book, to let people know that they do have other choices because, you know, um, conventional medicine does not know how to heal fourth stage cancer and alternative medicine does. That's wow. a big statement.
2: That is a big statement.
3: I went, yes, I went to a three-day, they can prolong life, but they don't know how to heal it, unless somebody, look, healing is up to ourselves. So that's a bit of a blanket statement, but um, there are exceptions to every. I went to a three-day conference in Trinity in Dublin a few years ago or cancer. I can't remember what it was called, but it was um quite scientific. And I really enjoyed it from eight thirty in the morning till five, every forty five minutes we had top people from around the world talking about some aspect of cancer and how they were progressing with it. And I never heard anything about nutrition. I never really heard anything about emotions. I heard somebody talk about counseling or more coaching people after they've gone through chemo and radiation and how to get them back on their feet. Um, but I, I heard very definitively that they were going down another path and it doesn't mean that they won't get there with some Big revelation, but, uh, at this point, they are not embracing nutrition. Nutrition can heal cancer. We know how to heal cancer. Cancer is more easily healed than a lot of diseases. And I say that with great conviction because it's happening every minute, but it's not, um, it's not supported very well. Right. There are right. clinics. Well, um, let me ask you this: there?
2: Uh, and you mentioned yeah. about letting people know. So let us let people know that we are speaking with Heather Wolf, and about her book, A Guide to Breast Cancer, which can be got at backtosource.com or by searching on Amazon. But I want to ask you: uh, you may or may not be aware, Heather, that we interviewed a person a couple of weeks ago about lactation and about breastfeeding and so on and it was an absolutely fascinating show that we did and how important all of that nutrition was for the newborn that's not being supported in general society and as you know in uh, coming from the 40s and 50s and 60s and all that era uh, and i went through it myself where you know we were not breastfed it was all bottle and formula and all that kind of thing but What we arrived at was a kind of a movement away from the nutrition of the newborn and into a kind of an artificializing of everything. But more importantly, though, you touched on the whole business of money and greed. And I want to ask you, do you think that there is something underlying that's going on in terms of the bigger picture. I know you mentioned that yes, we can do something about this on a lo- in a local way, on a one-to-one basis by each person being conscious and aware of what they're doing and what, where they're at with things. But in the bigger picture, I'm trying to get at. And then furthermore, in speaking to that lady about uh, breastfeeding, and now speaking to you this week about breast cancer, I find myself somewhat out of my depth, you know, being a man and not being aware of what it feels like to to breastfeed or to have anything wrong with my breasts. Now, what I'm doing is I'm trying to bridge the, the what's going on between men and women on a, a spiritual level. I'm trying to get at is there something going on from men driving the medical industry and driving the pharmaceutical industry? And is there is this some kind of a continuous put-down in some way? Do, do you think there's something going on on a deeper level, in other words, is what I'm trying to get at? Against the female.
1: Oh, yes, I do.
2: Yes, against the female.
1: Continually against the female.
3: Against the female. Well, you know, I think, yes, that there has been and there still is in some Orders, I think we've moved ahead a lot in that direction. I think, but, but not in all parts of the world. You know, I think American women, um, in particular are very free. M- not all, but, um, and th- that can go the other way as well, where you know women are too much out there and get too much male where they're not I, I think it's such a big um topic well i I'll, I'll just give you my you know i think we're we're very ignorant really about relationship in general we're ignorant about sex um it's there's there's a whole other way that we can be in relationship with each other, not just our significant others, that we can enjoy sexual energy and again, that's education. It's been hidden um, because if we were all enlightened in those ways, we'd have a very different planet. and. A much healthier one, and there would be people who would lose out. There are always people who would lose out. There would have to be a big shift. And you know, Mother Earth is making a shift in lots of ways. She's shaking things up a bit. And I say in my book really, have enough women had the experience of breast cancer now? that we don't have to get it, that we've learned what we need to learn so that we don't have to get it. We can just do the good, healthy prevention. But, you know, that's a big journey. It it has been a big journey. It is a big journey. I can tell you that I just got a book recently. It's called The Scar Project. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. It's photographs of women under 40 who've got breast cancer. He was a fashion photographer and a friend of his died at age 29 from breast cancer. And he was very um, affected by that. So he photographed women under 40 who'd experienced breast cancer and their scars. It's a beautiful book. It's in black and white. Um, But it's, oh my goodness. I saw that book. And I was kind of lagging a bit about uh, around my book and get sharing what I know, and that got my passion back. That book, yes, yeah. um, because it is the lead,
1: leading cause of
3: death of women under forty.
1: Yeah. Okay, Heather, we're we're going to have to take yeah? a really quick break, but when we come back, um because we've already gone through half the show and time goes so quickly when you're talking about things that are so important but when we come back I do want to get back to your own journey because certainly you have so much to tell us in terms of prevention so I want to get back and focus on that so just stay tuned for just a brief 30 seconds This
0: is the Art of Living Well Radio Network Radio to Inspire Enlightened Living. The Honest to God Series. With Ann Gale Rose and Ahanu.
1: And welcome back, everyone. We are speaking with Heather Wolfe who has written a book called A Guide to Breast Cancer. And Heather herself is a breast cancer survivor and has used both conventional and alternative approaches to healing. And she is talking to us today, sharing her journey with us, talking to us about what knowledge she has gained through this process. So, Heather, if you'll continue uh, speaking to our listeners about what you have discovered, obviously there's many levels to this, and what you found to be the most important aspects of healing, and you have already mentioned how important nutrition is. So if you could get a little specific about nutrition and then go on to the other aspects of healing for women of breast cancer.
3: Yes, I would love to do that. Thank you. There's so much, but uh, really, inflammation is one of the biggest things for any disease, and I think uh, you, we all probably have some inflammation that can be brewing every day, but we detox. I think the most important word in my book is counteract, because there's a lot of fear put out about this Is causing cancer, that's causing cancer, you know, and you must eat that and you must eat the other. Um, I don't really, that's not the whole story. And we fear, fear causes cancer because fear makes us acid. And we ought to have a pH of seven point, around 7.2, 7.4. So if we get more acid, it, cancer cells like that and also whole viruses and whatever. And there are certain foods that make us more acid and others that make us more al- alkaline and we need a balance. But when we have a disease, uh, well, we talk about cancer now, um, we have to really focus on getting back our alkalinity and our our natural buffer that we have around alkaline and acid. And there are plenty of books on that. And I give them in my book. I have lists list of books under B. Um, so, But the things that make us acid is fear, stress, and the foods that are acid. Now, meat's protein. High uh, protein content will make us acid. Also, toxins. And if our digestion system, digestive system is not working properly, we produce toxins and they produce acidity. So detoxing is absolutely paramount. However we do that, and there are many ways to do that as well. And I, I have to say that each person is unique. Each person needs to be treated. As unique, we need to treat ourselves as unique. And so, what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. And so, I like to tell people to find a practitioner who tests. And I think eventually, everything conventional and alternative will test through kinesiology, dowsing. I use a pendulum, intuition, whatever that we have. Psychic people, we have machines, we have clairvoyance, and we have tests like regular conventional tests. But however, I actually think everybody should be tested for allergies because many people have allergies and they come up as with rashes or coughing or whatever with their allergies. But there are many more going, walking around who have allergies and they don't know it. And a couple of the biggest ones uh, are wheat and dairy. Now, it's not necessarily the wheat itself or the dairy itself. It's what we've done, the food, and how we feed uh, the seeds or the animals. Yes. And Milk is pasteurized. It's homogenized. It's the, the animals are fed a lot, you know, can be fed growth hormones and antibiotics and, um, it's not a natural food anymore. Uh, raw milk is. However, I grew up with raw milk in Ireland. We had the lowest pasteurization, uh, temperature of any country. And, but the some of the, the cows had tb so i got a tb lamb when i was age 5 so i test positive for tb now i was fine i i spent a little while in the hospital and but you know we we need to use common sense with whatever we're doing so we can't say you know, raw milk is banned a lot of places but you can get it in other places and if you are going to drink raw milk you need to know where it's coming from and how the cows are treated um and if they're tested for various diseases so there's that and then the wheat um wheat has been changed you know there're gmos and i i don't honestly know what they've done to all of it but i know it's not good they they make it so that it's resistant to um Disease and pests and that it grows more and that's that's all great but it does take toll on our bodies and if you really want to know about that there's a book by um, an Australian farmer I think he's not with us anymore he lived to be 104 I think but he had a sheep farm and they were all very healthy and then they brought in chemical fertilizers and he watched his sheep get cancerous growth wow. and also the apple trees. And so and his family started getting cancer. So he finally figured it out that there was an imbalance of minerals. His book is great. It's called Cancer Cure or something, I think. It's also in my book. Um, anyway, he... And he was originally had done some scientific studies, so he had good qualifications for figuring it out. Um so I absolutely say we need to eat organically. Now, I don't buy organically if it's drooping. I'd rather go and buy the one that's looking fresh and healthy, yes. but I eat organically as much as I possibly can, and I know it costs more, and I I think it is prohibitive for family. You know, feeding children, I understand why people say, I can't do that. It costs too much. However, if you didn't eat, and money on some of the other things, I think it can be done. And you can grow your own or you can go to the local markets. You know, it, it's, i tell you that it is a big change. It's not just, um an easy thing to say, change your diet. Yes. You know, you gotta yeah. do, got in, do
2: and that. indeed that's something that the advice we get in the Akashic Record sessions that we do on Sundays. Uh, Angel Rose has put that in her book too about the advice from source is to become more independent and grow your own so you know where your food is coming from and you've control over it and of course there's that whole joy element of having your fingers and your hands in the soil and that connection with the earth and all of that that goes with it but i want to ask you uh no angel rose has a question actually here before i move on
1: well i just wanted to make make a comment about the food that i agree with her about the wheat too because it's not necessarily the wheat it's the Pesticides and fertilizers and things like that, that have actually changed, changed what actually is the result. And it's too bad because, you know, back in really olden times, breads were considered the bread of life. You know, people used grains that were healthy and, and certainly we love bread. So that's even one huge thing that when you have to take it out of your diet. And I had to do that as well. You know, I, I won't take a long time with my own story, but I had a, a bit of a breast condition myself a few years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chose not to have a biopsy, and I came to California, and I immediately had a thermography and went to a naturopath um, who yeah. who treated me very, very differently and just uh, gave me, you know, Lugol's iodine, and I, I put a drop on either side yeah. of my breast every day. And Immediately, all the limp congestion went away. Immediately. It was, it was amazing. Okay. And of course, I'm doing other things. Um, I did have a whole hormone panel. I checked, I had, uh, checked myself for Candida. I, I did uh, a whole big chemical thing with her too. And saliva tests for different things. But it's sad about the food, but I wanted to just mention, um and I forgot the name of the town in England, that these two women just started growing food in, in the public areas. They didn't get any planning permission. They didn't ask anybody. They just started to do it, and it turned out that the community supported these women. And so here's a community that basically took their food in their own hands, and they started growing um, beautiful vegetables anywhere there was public land, on the city streets where maybe, you know, prior to that you might have flowers instead. If you walk through the town now, it's all beautiful organic vegetables. And it's free to anybody in the town. So, and now because of that, the town got interested in all the people are part of growing this food for for the whole. It's the most beautiful thing to see. And uh, Irvine, California has adopted um, part of that. They only use one huge public park to do that in, but they're feeding their needy with that food. Uh, and it's free. And they say that they feed over 200,000 people every single year. But it makes wow. the point, and Source has encouraged this as well. Source does keep talking to us about the community—how we have to come together as communities and take our welfare and our nurturing uh, for one another and ourselves into our own hands—and that was one example um, where all of a sudden these people are being donated, you know, vacant land that's sitting behind uh, warehouses or uh, parks that aren't being used. You know, there's they're being allotted certain segments to grow food, and I think this is a wonderful solution because it is it is taking it out of the corporations who are they may be well-meaning in the short term but the effects and the destruction of the soil um, is affecting all of us so you know i just wanted to let people know that that idea of growing organic food in your own community and making it available to everyone if as they participate in the growth of the food, is something that I think needs to happen everywhere.
3: Oh, it, that's fabulous, yes. And I know that's happening in Dublin a little bit, too. I saw a TV program on it once. Um, yes, oh, we have to come together in communities. We all have to support each other. More. There's. It's too much. It is too much for people... Uh, especially who have children and maybe who don't have family around and, and both parents are having to work and it's, you know, we have to change something in society and not just for the population who have what they need. There are many, many, many who do not have what they need. And we, we need to share more. That's, Just all about it. Uh, And that's a wonderful idea. Now, California has the perfect growing season all year round. uh, But everybody can adapt because I think local food also is the way to go. If we, because it, if something's coming from California to the East Coast, it's using up oil, gas to get across its big trucks and the vibration of the food goes down and we could be growing more ourselves. That's right. But I, I'm not, you know, no probably will always.
1: No, that's, that's true. And not only that, they are creating um, more self-sustaining houses, a, a greenhouse type of an effect. I forgot what it's called if it's is it hydroponic ahana or or what is it units where where they're self-contained and they can be grown in any climate and you make a good point uh, about being local because in my own opinion part of this movement that is happening globally is that we do need to become less dependent on everybody else to provide us with the things that we're used to having and um you know, like Ahanu mentioned, there's, there's nothing more satisfying than putting your own hands in soil. And in, in fact, we were, uh, when we're getting off track a little bit, and I want to talk about the emotional aspect, Heather, and the stress aspect of breast cancer, you know, in, in one, in a second. Mm-hmm. But I just want to make the point that we watched this video called Grounding the other day, and it was talking yeah. about how important it was to be grounded to the earth. And most of us are not grounded to the earth at all anymore. So it, it was very, very fascinating. And we we made the comment to one another that perhaps that's what happens when gardeners are in their gardens and their hands are in the soil and they they feel so wonderful afterwards is that they're in the earth energy and they have a hand yes. in the condition of that soil and taking care of that soil. And certainly that's a huge factor in health.
3: It is. It's a very energetic factor, and you know we need to keep our energy in a positive spin, what I call it. And we need everything has a vibration, and so we need to choose those things that keep our vibration up because that keeps our immune system up. Yes. And you know I talk a long time about that, but I want to say one more thing about nutrition: sugar. If anybody has a diagnosis of cancer, sugar is out because sugar feeds cancer. Now, a lot of, uh, and that includes, you know, fruit is, is sugar. Carbohydrates become sugar. So, and there's, the proof of that is that there is a chemotherapy called IPT, insulin potentiated therapy, where, and I don't know why there isn't more of this, um, where you give insulin to somebody to reduce the sugar in their body. And then you give them chemo laced with sugar. So it goes straight to the cancer cells and it's very effective fast. And you don't have the side effects. You don't lose the hair and all that. And not every, it's not, um, legal in every state. And I don't know why I'd like to see if it could be legal in Massachusetts anyway. Uh, because it's in the beginning, they experimented and you know, they were maybe it wasn't they gave too much insulin or whatever, but they have it down now. So that's mm-hmm. sugar. And I think for all of us, we need to watch our sugar intake and white sugar is poison. I, I'm sorry. I know myself because I've cleared out my body.
2: Don't be sorry about it. That's, that's a fact. I mean, you know, you're, what I admire about you, Heather Wolf, is that, you know, you're coming from that place of the standard conventional nursing education. But at the same time, you're very aware of the nuances of what we're actually prescribing to people with our advice and our food. And you're absolutely right that sugar is one of those things that is refined and is deadly for the body so that has to be taken into consideration as well but i want to ask you heather in terms of a woman finding out for the first time that she has a node on her breast or has some symptom how much time does she have now i'm not talking about time in terms of uh, at at the, the terminal the 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 time from that diagnosis to death what i mean is if she was to educate herself, like you suggest, and change her diet and so on, how fast does a change happen? Do you know what? Do you know what I'm asking you?
3: Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I think it can happen very, very fast, even from fourth stage cancer. People, uh, there are many stories, and I, I won't go into them all now. But really, um, people have healed. I, there, there's one uh, woman who did a whole experimentation or scientific um, research with oils, and she discovered that mixing flax oil with cottage cheese, and or quark as she called it, she's European, and ingesting it healed cancer because the oil negated the um, the bad effects of the dairy, which could be mucus and cancer also loves mucus um and the flax oil really you know it is source that heals us it is and the energy from the sun this planet lives by the energy of the sun and if we, the sun isn't shining on us we're eating the sun energy from plants because all plants need sun at least i don't know maybe mushrooms don't or something but um there is that bottom line um, that we need we we survive by rap number one and by that energy from source yes and that that's a whole other discussion but it, it is there's a wonderful book called dying to be me I don't know if you've read that by Anita mm, I can't remember Indian woman but it's um she had fourth stage cancer it's wow she went through it but she had a near-death experience and came back and healed in a few days all her tumors went and she was a mess
2: but what you're saying though what you're saying though is critical in terms of our understanding of the stress that comes from that diagnosis I mean once somebody says you have cancer I'm sure it must set up a whole series of stress hormones and fears and anxiety oh, yes. yes so what you're saying is that with this knowledge with this information and with this training and with this awareness that stress need not be there at all because you know that you can actually cure it is that that's correct?
3: Absolutely, absolutely I, I want to tell people and, and I have people Come to me, you know, with cancer now. Who've mostly who've been through chemo and radiation, and they find me. And I, the first thing is, I want to take away their fear, because that makes them acid, and it brings the immune system down. And you need your immune system. Look, you can laugh your way to health. Norman Cousins did that. Laughter, if you, whether it's fake or real ups your immune system for 24 hours. So, you know, you can do ha-ha-ha, or you can look at funny YouTube videos or funny movies or get together with your friends. I mean, You can laugh, and there's laughter, yoga now. But it's, you know, life is a lot simpler than we make it. But we have to do the simple things. And there's so much pulling us away from our simplicity now. You know, I grew up very simply. I didn't have TV. I didn't have electric light. I grew up on the land in Ireland. I had a wonderful family. I was surrounded by animals and eels and, and my mother was a wonderful cook and we grew all our own food. We had our own orchard. You know, I know the best and I had almost real milk. Um, even though that did cause a little bit of a problem. Um, But, you know, I got away from that. Um, But I think everybody, everybody is becoming more aware that we need to eat, that food is better. It's actually better. But your palate has to um, adjust a little bit. You know, I offer somebody some lovely brown rice and lovely steamed vegetables or whatever. No, if they're used to McDonald's, it's a big step. You know, it is. And I don't minimize that at all. It's it's difficult. And it's a whole um, cultural thing. It's an emotional thing. However, if it's life and death, you have to choose. You have to choose whether you want to live or you're going down some not so great path. And death is healing. I'm not against death at all.
1: Yeah, so so let's talk a little bit now, Heather, about the emotional aspects of this. And before you do that, if you could tell our listeners what is what is the the correct or the better perception when somebody Comes and tells you that you have cancer of any type, and we go right into fear. And of course, cancer, you know, for many many people, equals death. Uh, you know, a lot of people think it's a death sentence. What is the right perspective about cancer that would alleviate fear so that they can proceed forward and make healthier choices? And the reason I ask that is that we also have another friend uh, in Ireland who was diagnosed with breast cancer two years ago and uh, mm-hmm. you know doctor basically said you've got to do chemo you've got to do this and you know we gave her your book at the time and we also encouraged her to look into alternative stuff but she was of the mind well no I'm under the doctor's care now the doctor says I can't I can't take a superfood I can't do this I can't do that I got to do what they, what they say and uh, just gave her complete power away to doctors. And um, yes. so, you know, in, in, because she was terrified, she had an aggressive form of it. And um, and therefore, you know, it was this urgency that she had to hurry up and do this. And, you know, make a long story short, she went through it all. Um, a little bit came back afterwards. And then they told her she was going to need radiation for the rest of her life. Uh, which gave her some strange rash and you know here she is you know accepting this fate right that i have to have radiation for the rest of my life to keep this at bay where it's sad really because you watch a a beautiful woman beautiful spirit weaken 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 and you know it's fear it's all fear you know
3: well, it's not all fear. It is a physical thing because chemo and radiation have their side effects. They bring your immune system down. They destroy your gut first. And so the, somebody has to be strong enough to go through that and to build their immune system.
1: The doctors
3: ought to think, and and there are some in Germany and there are actually some in America, um, who will treat the immune system first and at the same time as giving the chemo. I mean, I I can't understand the thinking. It it just it's like hypnosis. It's hypnosis that starts in medical school. Um the medical association, they're you know, again it's Something to do with money in there at the top because it's not to do with the doctors. They're wonderful. There are amazing doctors, nurses, you know, but they, and they don't have time to explore all the rest. I had to leave nursing and conventional medicine to find out what I have found out. Yes. And yes. to have the experience. And tell us. And I, I come back in now. Yes. And uh, yeah. Tell us quickly. But it takes a lot of time to sure. get educated.
2: Sure. Tell us quickly, Heather, what part would prayer play in the alleviation of the, the stress and the understanding of the bigger picture?
3: Thank you for asking. It's number one as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, I not everybody is devotional. That's not their path. There are many different ways to pray, and there are different paths for different people. However, we all have God inside us. We look for God outside, and that's fine. It works sometimes, but ultimately, uh, Source, God, life is inside us, and that's part of any journey that we take is to finding that and I think cancer is an accelerated process to get to that. It's an opportunity right, to accelerate yes. that. Yes,
2: yes. Now what you, mentioned, you, want, you mentioned about certain things to, to take into account like nutrition for example and things to avoid like sugar and, and various ad- advice that you've given like that. But what about things that people have no power over? For example, cell phone towers and various forms of electromagnetic interference. What can anybody do, practically speaking, about that kind of thing?
3: Thank you for asking that, too, because I think that's almost number one, because we're surrounded in our homes, outside our homes, and they're called ele- ELF, Electro Low Frequencies, and they do bring our... Um, energy system down and our immune systems down and wreck our brains and everything else. However, they're here and they're probably here to stay. So, you know, we had cars and we got car insurance. So we've got all these ELFs. We need ELF insurance. But, you know, the people who are selling you all these things never tell you anything about that and they don't even know about it. It. it Boggles my mind. It took me so long to find out. And you you know, when I go to buy a phone, well, there's a SARS rating, but that's not everything. But um, it's good to know what the SARS rating, SARS rating of your phone is. Um, However, there are manufacturers now of things that will counteract these. I just bought something for myself um a week ago i i get there i am always looking for the best it is a literally a little plug that i put into the outlet and it shifts the whole electric circuitry in my house so it clears um uh, wh- and i douse.
2: yes what the- is that is that mentioned in your book can somebody get information about that well what
3: i i don't generally list a lot of things like promote companies, per se, mm-hmm. though they might be, in, if you follow my train of thought and go to the websites and things. But um, I do talk about ELFs under E and quite extensively. And there are different ways. I, I know a man, Joey Corn, who's a dowser, who says, oh, great, they're ELFs. We'll just bless them and he douses and he get, I've been in a room with them in an auditorium where he had everybody get out their cell phones and change the energy. You know, we do, we do have the power. However, we have to choose the thing that we're going to do. So, you know, most people are not going to go around blessing everything all the time. Um, so some people might. And it's easier to plug something in or to wear a pendant or to stick something on your phone or stick something on your, uh, computer. Um, microwaves are, you know, they're all, I think, a level of microwaves, but it's very important that subject. And there are books written about it. There's a lot on, um, the internet and it's a very important thing to pay attention to. And so many children have cell phones up to their heads now. It, oh, it's uh if they if they're going to use that and I understand why they are, peer pressure is it's here to stay, I'm sure. Um well, I'm not sure actually. Um because children can make up their own minds and if they're educated, if they were educated in school about ELFs it would be a good thing. And if somebody doused their energy field. I use rods when somebody, to check their energy field, even if they have a thought or if they are holding their cell phone or whatever, and check their field and then check it when they take it away. That is like very tangible for somebody to see
2: what's
3: happening. And and really
2: what you're talking about there too is, that whole issue of self sovereignty in other words realizing how powerful we actually are that and that sense of self self power has been taken away from us in our education in our in our exposure to religions and uh, mainstream society and when people begin to realize that they actually have these powers of mind over matter then the, the, the reality that they're in tends to to start to shift. But that also is a whole other subject. And I want to come back to the, let, let's call it the tangible 3D aspect of breast cancer in the last few minutes that we have. And you've talked quite a lot about all the va- various suggestions that you've given to people, for example, with nutrition and uh, the use of, uh, good use of um, hormones and, and uh, community support and that kind of thing. But I asked you about the time that somebody would have, and you're saying that that actually doesn't matter because they have within themselves the power to be able to alleviate and change their physical circumstances. And do you think that starts just from the moment that they decide to do something about it, or does it take time for them to realize, oh, this this could work? Does it make sense what I'm asking you?
3: I think... Again, on the person. Absolutely. And it depends on the support they have. And I just say, you know, one different, big difference between conventional and alternative is the cost and the insurance system. Because people choose um, conventional often because it's covered by insurance. And alternative health costs a lot, supplements cost a lot, whereas medication is usually covered. And there's a support system within the hospital or doctor's office. Um, well, the hospital, we'll say there is a support system. People are kind, you know, um, and in alternative healing, it's not, there is not such a good support network and it costs. So not everybody can get it. And I would like to see that. And I am hoping to give, um, I am going to give a portion of the um, proceeds from my book to, I'm going to put it in a fund to treat people, women, uh, who t- don't have the money for alternative care. Um, it's, you know, there's a big imbalance. Yes. And I would like to see that um, imbalance level
1: out. And I think it will. Okay. This has been absolutely fantastic, Heather, and we didn't even scratch the surface. So um, we are going right. to have to have you on again because we didn't get into any of the other aspects uh, of healing, such as the uh, emotional and mental and spiritual levels. So if you if you would agree to come on, uh, perhaps per- periodically to address the different levels, uh, that would absolutely be wonderful for our listeners.
3: Oh, I'd love to do that. Thank you. Great. Yeah, I would. I'd I like learn to. More every day.
2: Let me go back to your book for a moment here, because at the we've read your book and we've given it to several people, and we highly recommend it. And at the back of the book there are a number of top tips for optimal health let let us remind our listeners that we're speaking to heather wolf and her book is a guide to breast cancer and it's a whole body a to z for prevention and healing and it really is a marvelous read with lots of great recommendations and she also does private sessions that people can go to and register and get hold of you at backtosource.com but i'd love to read these top Mm -hmm. tips it'll only take a few moments and they really are fabulous breathe i mean really breathe
3: can i just say if somebody if we all followed those we'd be fine right
2: let (laughs) me run down through them real quick heather breathe i mean really breathe a little time in fresh air for extra intake of oxygen and a dose of sunshine Practice alternate nostril breathing once daily, at least. Move and exercise, as well as laughter, are probably the best medicine. Watch funny movies. Smile, whether genuine or not, this releases good hormones. Drink enough pure water, and filter your shower water, too. Use sound, sing, and chant. Listen to music. Make your own music. Meditate, every f- even for five minutes a day. Create space and silence for yourself. Eat organically read the labels on everything, eat a balanced diet with the emphasis on maintaining an alkaline pH, eat sufficient raw foods to ingest valuable enzymes, chew your food well, you are what you digest, ensure you have regular bowel movements, detox periodically and check for parasites, release negative thoughts and emotions while affirming positive thoughts, learn a tapping technique such as EFT to help with this. Check your levels of resistance, resentment, conflict and despair regularly. Check your home environment. Exchange household and cosmetic chemicals for less harmful products. Protect yourself from electromagnetic and geopathic stress. Use full-spectrum lighting. Get enough sleep. Listen. Learn to listen well to others. Learn to listen to your body as well as your head. Talk less, but speak your truth. Find a practitioner of kinesiology or dowsing, or learn these techniques yourself. Receive loving human touch and learn self-massage and progressive relaxation. Connect with the divine. Consider your lineage, family history, and lifestyle, and learn how to Google as a way of informing yourself. Aren't they absolutely wonderful suggestions? I'm really glad that we we did read those out because I was going to ask you in some way to summarize them. Uh, summarize your 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 suggestions and your recommendations, but that indeed indeed does that for us all.
3: Yes, that is the summary. Thank you so much for reading them.
2: Okay, so we've covered a lot today. We've covered your background of living in Ireland and moving to Salem Massachusetts, you've, we've looked at conventional and alternative medicine. We've talked about the male and female roles in relationships and in, in diagnosis and medicine and so on. We've talked about sexual energy, nutrition, acidity in the body, how fear and stress and toxicity so on leads to these various diseases, how our food, the milk and the wheat and so on, genetically modified stuff, uh, is, is not necessarily that good for us how growing your own food and working in the community and supporting each other, how all of that is a wonderful way to relieve these stresses and help us towards health. And the diagnosis of stress and laughing your way to health. We talked about prayer and the impact of cell phones and ELFs on on us and all of that. And then you mentioned a number of good products like the book for example about from that Australian farmer on cancer cure people can look that up and also that ELF product that you mentioned that you can plug into an outlet we will look that up ourselves and we will actually put a mention of that on our website now unfortunately we are coming to the end of our program we want to thank you really really enormously Heather you're absolutely wonderful we really appreciate all that you've said to us today we will be putting this episode on our website as well as on blog talk radio of course and we will promote these ideas to people especially women of course that may have had a diagnosis and how this will help them so thank you again heather and we do look forward to speaking to you again in the near future
1: heather and enjoy that halloween (laughs) oh yes Thank you. Well,
3: so I've <laughs> time just to say that I do phone sessions as well. You don't have to come to me personally. Great. I and can do quite a lot.
1: And how advice. would they contact you for that? Is it the website or do you want to give out a my number? Website. Yeah. Okay. Through my website. Okay, great. Fantastic. All right. We'll be in touch with you soon to have you on again. Thank you so much.
3: Oh, thank you. Love to you both. You too. Bye-bye. All right.
2: Thanks, Heather, and bye-bye. Now, that was Heather Wolf and her book is a guide to breast cancer a whole body a to z for prevention and healing and that can be got at backtosource.com or amazon.com our sponsor this week was world of empowerment our own worldofempowerment.com, and you can get free ebooks and downloads from the akashic records there but if you want to sponsor an episode or if you want to come on the show at any point in time with your spiritual message or talk to us about your spiritual business or your healing business, contact us at Angel Rose at angelrose.com. And until next Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, we send you our love, our blessings, and thank you for listening to myself, Ahanu, and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series. And as we say in Ireland, slán agus bánacht de liv goleir.
0: This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. Sixty seconds. The Honest to God series with Anne Gale Rose and Ahanu.